Buenos días, iglesia. Good. Good morning, church. That's even better. I'm so glad to be here this morning, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to just to spread the good news of salvation with this church. It's always a challenge for me to be on stage, as you know, my broken English, but I will try my best uh, so you can understand me. And one of the good things about this morning is that I have more than 30 seconds today. So, saying that, I'm going to speak a little bit slowly this morning so you can understand my broken English. Thank you, Charles, for those wonderful songs, especially for the last one, Be Still and Know That I'm God. When my father left home in 1962, I was seven years old when he left home. And after he was gone, my mother used to sing that beautiful song to us, nine of us. So uh, that is uh, one of my favorite songs because it remembers me. Be still and know that I'm God. Before I deliver my message this morning, I would like to go to our Father in prayer. And if you will please bow your hands and let us go to our Father. Our Holy Father in heaven, thank you for your presence this morning. We know, Father, that you are an omnipresent God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. We pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit move freely this morning in this church. We also pray, Father, for a safe return to the teens and adults who went to Winterfest. And Father, thank you for your love, your mercy. And thank you, Father, for the many things you have given us through our lives. We know, Father, that you care for us. We know that you love us. And you have promised to be with us until the end of this earth. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this wonderful day. And like I said, Father, and I will repeat it, Let your Holy Spirit move freely 
around us this morning. In Jesus' name, uh, uh, name we pray. Amen. Nine, nine uh, eleven verses in this uh, great, great song. But I just want to read just three of them. The first three. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its water roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And verse 10, He said, be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted among the nations, and I'll be exalted in the earth. This is a psalm of exalting God forever. It was three o'clock in the morning, on February 4th, 1976. While almost the whole country slept, the earth trembled. Guatemala experienced the largest earthquake in its history. I was about 20 years old when that happened. And I still remember like it was yesterday. The, the earthquake intensity was 7.5 covered in area of 33,000 square kilometers. With a population of 2.5 million, some 25,000 people were reported dead and 77,000 wounded. Approximately 258,000 houses were destroyed, leaving about 1.2 million people homeless. 40% of the uh, national hospital's infrastructure was destroyed while other hurt facility suffer substantial damage. The whole country of Guatemala was in chaos. Very soon after the earthquake, the then president, Shell Eugenio Laugaro Garcia, with a firm voice and full of hope, he mentioned the following words. Although the earth trembles, Guatemala is standing. Weeks after the earthquake, burners were seen all over the country with the same words of encouragement. 
In September 11, 2001, there was a bright, beautiful Tuesday morning in Guatemala Mountains. demand answers. How do these things happen to our country? Thank you, brother. How could do these things happen to our country? What we're going to do? If you are a loving God, how could you let these things happen to us? Do you care? Many such in inquiries begging for answers. But the question is, how do you stand when life assaulted you? How do you stand when earth trembles? How do you stand when a tornado or a hurricane comes over you? How do you stand when the doctors give you a diagnosis that you don't really want to hear? How do you stand when someone that you love is dealing with terminal cancer? And the doctor said, well, he only have a few more months to live. How could you stand? How can you stand when the employer comes in and say to you, I'm sorry, but we're cutting back. This is going to be your last day of work. 
How could you stand? Well, brothers and sisters, thankfully, we have this wonderful uh, Psalm 46. And I think in the midst of that situation, we really need a double portion of this psalm. Because these wonderful words are there just to encourage us. And give us the strength when we really need it. God is a refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. My father left, like I told you, in 1972, and we never heard back from him. We were nine, starving. But my mother, a great woman, very confident. She really, really, really trusted in the God of all salvation. And that is one of the reasons, I think, when we were facing struggles in our life, She, like a hand, covers us with their wings. And we were secure. We felt secure. So, folks, the word refuge literally means a place of trust. And notice this, David didn't say, oh, I trust in my father Abraham. He didn't say that. David didn't say, I trust in my family, or I trust in my army, I trust in my doctor. He never said that. And he didn't say, I trust in the weatherman. He didn't say that either. Instead, he trusted in our God of our salvation. In the Old Testament, brothers and sisters, God said to Moses, and Deuteronomy, I have problems uh, pronounce this this word chapter 33 uh, and verse 27 he says the eternal God is a refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms what a wonderful words I'm pretty sure that every one of us here in this audience we face different trials. 
different problems, different situations. But folks, God is always there. He promised not to leave us, not to, to, to always be with us until the end of this earth. So trusting God is a journey. It's not something that happens overnight. Trusting God is something you build on. You know what I'm saying? The more you trust in our Lord, the more faithful He is with us. I want to repeat that. The more we trust in our God, the more faithful He is with us. So trust is something that we build on. He is our God of our refuge in a place to flee when we are in trouble. Because God never changed. He's always there. He always there taking care of us. Even though all these things happen. You know this week, it has been a sad week. And uh, we have been praying, praying for those families who lost those children in that school in uh, Florida. You know, brothers and sisters, This world is shaking. Every time we turn on the TV, just bad news, sad news. So how could we stand? How would you do? Well, keep trusting in God. Keep trusting in Him. God is the rock where we can start, stand firm. In Psalm 18.2, it says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock. In whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Everything, everything is there. It's just in one verse of the Bible. God is a refuge. God is our shield. He is the horn of, of our salvation. He is our stronghold. So, folks... Let us keep trusting in God. And like I said, God is there. There is God who throughout history has been intimately concerned about us. 
as creator and redeemer, he is not unaware of what happened in the earthquake in Guatemala or September 11 or around the world. He always, he always cared for us. God is not far away from us. He's not far from us. Sometimes when we pray, and I teach this always, sometimes when we pray, we say, God in heaven, and that is true. He is in heaven. But let me tell you, he's everywhere. Don't you think? But we always say, God in heaven. And uh, brothers and sisters, sometimes we think God is so far from us, and he's not. He's here. His Holy Spirit is here, and he moves around us. Because this body is the temple. Of God. So he's always there. In Acts 17. When Paul was talking with. The uh, Epicureans. And the Stoics. He mentioned something there. That I really really like it. He told them. He is not far from any. One of us. He is not far. So he's there beside you. Just think about that. So next time when we pray, just think that the Lord is also in heaven, but he is within us, he's everywhere. He's always taking care of his children. Because he loves us. He sent his only and forgotten son to die for us. So what is the problem then? What is the problem? Well, sometimes, brother, When all those things coming into our lives, we forget about his promises. God is not unconcerned. And let me tell you this. He is not responsible for what happened in our dark days. He's not. This is the kind of scheme that the one who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's what Peter says. His only purpose is destroy what God in glory has created. God is transcendent. God's wisdom expands beyond the border of our own limited and infinite capacity to grasp 
all that he is and does. Our brains aren't big enough to get all around him. Yeah. We cannot imagine how great the war, uh, the, uh, God works through us and through his Holy Spirit. Some of you know that I, I, I raised Pentecostal until maybe when I was 25 years old. And when my mother prayed, man, I cannot even describe how powerful those prayers are. And I would like to encourage you folks this morning. That whenever you find in the midst of any bad situation, just pray eagerly to God. He's able to do whatever he wants. He is our God Almighty. He's always there present. And I always like to bring in my memory one of the uh, greater verses in the Bible that really, really, really encouraged me and lift me up was just one of the short verses in the Bible. And we find this verse in First Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That's it. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I began to read this psalm when I was in hospital. And I read it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And when, they, when, when I understood what Peter said in that specifically verse, I was lifted up. And I said, God really cares for me. He has purpose for me in my entire life. And I always tell people, what we worry? Why? Why we worry too much, folks? If we trust in God, 
We don't have to worry. Because he's always there. Nothing, nothing is impossible for him. And we sing the song sometimes. Nothing is impossible for you. But when problem comes to our lives, we forgot about those things. And you know what? God feels our pain. He knows. He knows. When I was able to walk, I was in a wheelchair for many, t- for I don't know for how long, but when I was able to walk, I began to visit hospitals and try to encourage the sick. And I always tell them about how God worked in my life. And that's one of the things that I think and I'm sure God gave me a new life. Remember that devil possessed man? When, he, when God cast out all the uh, bad spirits that was in this man, the scripture said that this man, after he was healed, he wanted to follow Christ. But he didn't let him. He told him, go home. Go home. And tell your family. How great things that the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy on you. Tell him first what God has done for you. This is great. Because for his love and his mercy, we're here. He's taking care. He loves us. Sorry, I got so emotional, emotional with this. How can I not get emotional with all the things the Lord had done for me? How? And that's why, folks, until my last breath. I will keep telling people about how great our God is. He's great. 
So he feels our pain. And one of the worst attack and decency and innocence happened two thousand years ago when Jesus, the Son of God, was mercilessly killed in the public square on a cross. In a sense, his death was unjustly. And to watch the horror of his own son dying slowly and painful death. Just for you and for me. We put him in the cross because of our sins. But you see how mercy God is with us? Even though we did that with his only son, he still, he still loves us. He still cares for us. He stills there. He still heals. He, he is the same one yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's the same one. Same Lord. And he still works on this earth because he never changed. So living by faith when the world is shaken, the week of September 11, as well as the earthquake in Guatemala in 1976, were probably the longest week we ever remember. Thousands of innocent people died. As Christians, we say that we live by faith. But what those it mean to live by faith is a world full of evil? Where was God in the midst of these unthinkable tragedies? And what does faith in God look like at the end of such things? There are many places in the Bible where we might go to find answers to those questions. In this letter to the Romans, you know, in the eighth chapter, Paul wanted to show his readers that suffering does not separate believers from Christ, but actually carries them along toward ultimate goal. This was the other verse that I learned when I was lying in the bed for a long time. And we all know this, this verse. Romans 8, 28. We, we all know this. Paul says... And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. 
quite a great verse. God works for the good of all those who love him. Yes, he does. I want to close this morning. But I don't want to close without extending you an invitation. God, folks, has never been distant. He's here. He's here. He has been always there because he cares for us. He feels our pain, but he endures it. He has already passed through all this adversity of life. He knows. And do you know what? He already defeated them on the cross. And now he offers you eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's it. He said, listen. I came to this world to give my life for you. He wanted to be with us always. But the question is, do we want to be with him? That's the question. He came from heaven, died in a cross. He paid our penalties. He washed away our sins through his blood. That's what he wanted to do. Even though we sin and we fall short from the glory of God, he's always there. So would you like to come to him this morning? Are you ready to say, Lord, I know I have been far away from you. But just like the prodigal son, I need you, Lord. Why don't you come into my life and change my life? I still have problems trusting you. I still don't know what to do. In this situation, I don't know, but Jesus, he knows the answer for all those questions. So why won't you come to the Lord this morning and say, Lord, I'm ready. I want to be baptized into Christ. I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I want to serve you the days of my life. Why don't you do that as we stand?